Welcome back to Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversations between us female physicians. As always, I am your ever gracious host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and your coach in life. And I'm hoping that through my conversations with other female colleagues, you are finding encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and practice. Because my ultimate goal is that everyone knows that we are in this together and you are not alone in medicine. This is a community of true speakers, lifesavers, and fierce females who want to support and lift each other up. So let's get in today's episode. This is episode number 34, and I am talking with Dr. Samantha Nazareth. She is an amazing GI specialist, but also has some other unique interests that she wants to share. So the word that Dr. Nazareth picked today is passion, and I'm really excited to share it with you. So let's get into our conversation, and make sure you stick around afterwards for a kick of encouragement. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Wiseman here. I've got another special guest. This is Dr. Samantha Nazareth. She is a double-boarded certified gastroenterologist with interest and experience in emerging digital healthcare technology and the microbiome. Did I say that right, Dr. Nazareth? Oh, yeah. You got okay. it. Okay. <laughs> she has got an amazing prestige. She um, graduated from Brown University. She completed residency uh, in internal medicine um, at New York Presbyterian Cornell Medical Center and then got an additional fellowship in transplant hepatology. She's an overall badass, guys, as I'm sitting here reading her bio to you. And she has had research published in the New York Times, and she continues to be sought after by a wide variety of topics, including on eating, living, wellness, and GI health in the media. And she's also been on so many amazing media outlets. Well, it is my special pleasure to have you today, Dr. Nazareth. Thank you so much for coming. Hi, I'm so happy uh, that you are willing to have me here and join in with your listeners. Absolutely. And share with our guests, what's your word today? My word is passion. And why did you pick that? Passion? Wow. It drives everything, doesn't it? I mean, this is why we get up in the morning. This is why we choose to do what we want to do. And even it can go back to as far as why we all decided to go into medicine, because that was our passion. And I think many people will probably say it was somewhat of a calling that maybe happened really young. And we just knew like it was just a light bulb that said, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I'm a gastroenterologist, so I get asked a lot, well, how did you end up as a gastroenterologist? And I think it's probably a combination of interests that I had very, very young. I always loved working with my hands. I played the piano. I played basketball. So I was always very involved with handwork. And then even at a very young age, I was obsessed with anatomy. I literally would have things that would probably make your mouth drop, like in my my bedroom. <laughs> I had... Um, I remember there was this class trip that I did back in maybe third grade. We went to Liberty Science Center. I grew up in New Jersey. And all, all the kids at the end, of course, you know, they make you for or they force like everybody to go through a gift shop at the end. All the kids, they were running around trying to buy a dinosaur. And I came across this 
plastic toy with like guts and bones and you name it, it had it and you can work with it and play around with it to learn. And I convinced my class mom to buy it for me. <laughs> so I, I think everybody knew in my family what was happening. It was yeah. that and probably the placemat of, you know, me eating my, my breakfast and I had a placemat full of guts and organs underneath because I was just so fascinated by it. And so I entered medical school and it was probably the logical step to explore surgery. And that's what I was thinking of. And during medical school, um, my mom was diagnosed with colon cancer and that put me on a trajectory towards GI and that field. And it was, I learned so much more about it as I you know, started speaking to people in the field. And that's, that's probably the best thing is when you speak to people in the field and you're like, these people are cool. Like, they seem totally like the type of people I want to work with for the rest of my life. And that, that along with, you know, my personal experience that happened with my family really sealed the deal along with being able to work with my hands. That was it. That was, that was really what tied everything together. I can totally relate with that. My first anatomy lessons were helping my dad um, like process deer or we were chicken farmers. So like going through and like as we're butchering, like I'm like identifying muscle groups because I was that like nerdy little kid that sat with the medical encyclopedia and like learned all of that. So I totally, I love that. So I'm like my kid story from my like totally gross anatomy mind was when I was a, I think a junior in high school and I was in an advanced anatomy class and we um, had to dissect a whole bunch of different animals and our like capstone was a cat. And like you got extra credit if you could skin your cat uh, with all the skin, like the whole pelt, which I did. And then you also got extra credit if you could um, keep the brain and eyes connected via the optic nerve. Like if you could dissect it all out of the cranium. I did that too. So that's, that's a different level for sure. <laughs> and I remember people like the other quote unquote normal students were like, holy shit, Aaron, you are so crazy. But now it makes total knew. sense because exactly. I'm the freaking doctor in the group. And they probably knew that from then on. Like, well, we're not surprised Aaron became a doctor after that experience. <laughs> exactly. So I totally normalize placemats with organs on them because I love that. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I think all of our listeners can probably relate in one way or the other. One of my good friends, she's a psychiatrist and she remembers having therapy lessons with her dolls. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm telling you, every passion, I, I'm so convinced that every passion can be drawn back to when we were children. Mm -hmm. Do you have you kids yourself? I don't, Not yet. but I, I had my mom to tell me things that I obviously have forgotten many, many years, moons ago. And I always ask her, I'm like, what did I end up doing so much? What was I always talking about? What did, you know, unless you go into your, you know, child, childhood room closet and search through things that you wrote or did and you realize, wow, I actually you know, this, this makes so much more sense of things that yeah. I do now. You can see the little flickerings of that passion starting to happen. So mm -hmm. I have three kids and that's one thing 
that totally fascinates me as their mother is like sitting back and be like, where is this going to go? You know what I mean? Like you see them doing things like my oldest, he loves technology. Like he just, he really gets into it. My middle one, he's like the fixer, you know, he like takes things apart to see how they work and then tries to put them together. And, and so I've been making little notes just like that so that I'm hoping on later on, you know, mm -hmm. when they come back to me, I can be like, Oh yeah, that made total sense because of or what you did. Really get them on video now. I mean, it's so easy to get, you know, catch little moments like that with your phone and show them to, you know, show your kids later on as they age. I think that's, it's just so cool to really reflect back on that. And I think it's really neat using your word passion. Like, I think it's amazing in our lifetime that we can have so many different avenues to pour our passion into. You know, like, it's not just like you, you do A or B. There's so many different other, just within medicine. I mean, you can niche down within GI to like a hundred different places. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that, how you like niched into those passions. It really, I think, you know, what you learn in training and then when you're out in practice are two different things. Because you're, while you're in training, it's like, go, 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 you know, do the coursework, do this, do that. And, and then when you are in practice, you sort of have this free range of, okay, what direction am I go going to take this into? I can really focus on things. And I've, I've chosen to focus on and, and, of course, be passionate about, because that's what we're talking about, two things that I really think that are going to be, you know, this is a key word, I guess a lot of people throw out a game changer in healthcare, one of them being the microbiome, and the other one being technology, which I know, um, you know, there's a love hate relationship with it in healthcare. And then speaking, I'll go back to the microbiome, I think, why I love the microbiome, besides the whole details of it, I love the message of the microbiome. The, it's simply a message of we are more than what we see. We are much more connected to how our environment, how everything, it's sort of our life story, how we were born, what kind of diet do we have, what, do we have siblings, do we have pets, where did we grow up? And then later on, it's the changing of the microbiome with uh, factors like stress and sleep and our environment. But I think it's just a kind of a unique story for each individual. And also on top of that, that we have and we hold the key to our own health because it's what's living inside of us. And that's a, that's a beautiful message. I think Absolutely. That's that is a great message. I've never heard it summed up quite in that way, but it, it's so very true. So very true as we keep like diving in and learning more about our, you know, individual microbiomes. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy that the research is taking off. It started out with, you know, 2007 with the human microbiome project getting funded by the NIH. And from there, it's really just taken on like, a life of its own and it's it's there's so much coming out and that there's so many body parts affected it's really not just GI it's not just you know gut health it's affecting every other system the microbiome that we have 
And what I love is, okay, what, what are we going to learn that we ourselves as individuals, we can control? Because really my passion is to keep people out of the office and out of the hospital, keep them healthy, um, never needing me again. I know that sounds very weird, but really having people live the life that they, they can and should lead without doctors and only using us for those emergent times that we can come and rescue, but really living a healthy life. Because most of the time, you know, health is happening outside of offices and hospitals, majority of the time, like, it's that time that's most important. What we do during that time is most important. And I think that's, that's why I love the message about the microbiome, because I think it's, it's tying in all of those factors that we need to do outside of the office, outside of the hospital to keep us healthy. Yeah, I 100% agree with all that. That's just amazing. So what are you doing in your clinical work or just in your professional work with the microbiome? Anything specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm drawing what the research is saying. And I think the most important things that I'm, I'm getting out of all the, the really smart people that are doing this type of research is one, diversity is important. And two, like, what are, how are we supposed to, you know, well, what does that mean? Like, what am I supposed to do at home? But what we've seen in all the studies is that eating fiber is important. That's, that's a simple message of, hey, veggies, fruits, legumes, they're good. And we need to eat more of them. And we don't eat enough fiber. And guess what? The good guys inside of us love that. And that's what we need to constantly be one aware of and mindful of that that's something that is important for our gut health and thus our overall health because it's so tightly intertwined with every the, the microbiome and all of our other systems but i think it's just really that message of what to eat but then there's always everything else right because nothing is so siloed even though that's that's how we kind of diagnose people in these silos of specialties. But there's so much overlap, especially in GI, because that's most of the you know, bugs are living in our gut. But how, you know, how are you doing every day? Do you have you know, a good support system? Do you, how do you deal with stress? How are you sleeping? What are you doing on a day-to-day? -day? Are you getting outside? Are you sitting inside, you know, typing away on the computer? You know, all of these things have an effect. And I think that's why it's just an important message to keep all of that together and, and not be so siloed in these treatments. Right. And have that overlap and know that it's all evolving, too. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And that, that's what's really exciting. I mean, I, I think I'm a perpetual nerd. I probably all doctors are, right? <laughs> I love to read and, and geek out on new science and research studies and keep, keep up with, like, especially studies. Like, we're, we've always been taught to do evidence-based medicine. It's not just like, hey, let's try this. No, let, let's, let's see what's actually coming out and what these scientists are learning and then applying it to, you know, our practice. But it's, it's just there's way more to come. It's still in its infancy. But um, I think it's, it's very exciting, and it's something that I'm definitely passionate about. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's been interesting, even though um, I've been out of residency uh, five years now, just to see the evolution, especially in GI medicine. Like I remember I was a resident when the, um, like it, it started to really hit as far as like with stool transplants, you know, mm -hmm. and like everybody at first was like, oh my God. But now it, you know, and now years later, it's like, huh, yeah, that's what we do. And it helps. Yeah. And we know it does. I just think that's amazing too, to see, like you said, like geek out on this research that's coming up that we really like, we didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. And now it's here and we're using technologies and treatments that are like, wow. I mean, I've mentioned it before, like even like hepatitis C treatment. Look at that amazingness that we have now. Way. It's come a really long way. And I'm, I think that's, and I, I mean, I was treating patients with interferon, you know, the injection and coming from that to what we have now is just, yeah, it's mind blowing. And I mean, and I think that helps fuel your passion too, for what you're doing when like, you know, no longer are you like torturing patients with interferon and now you mm -hmm. like are these treatments and they're like, yep, I'm good. Virus is cleared. You know, it's, I think that helps when you're staying in the research and you, you're seeing these advancements to help fuel your passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's, you know, you mentioned even technology. I mean, that's, that's something that we are seeing evolve quite, um, you know, quite differently in the field of healthcare. I, I know that it's, it's a delicate subject, especially because I think the first thing that most people think of in healthcare is the electronic medical record and the gripes with the electronic medical record. It was meant to really be a, a way to bill and track this data to bill. And it's become this barrier between patients and physicians from, you know, developing that, that type of relationship that needs to happen in order to propel care. But, you know, I'm an optimist. I've always believed that good will come. And it's hard to ignore that all of these tech companies are getting massively involved with healthcare. And therefore, you know, we need as physicians to really be more knowledgeable and, and be aware that, hey, this is to come and it's going to come whether we like it or not because because it's where the market's going. Yeah. The market going. We might as well get our voice and get our say in it. Cause I think medical, uh, the EHRs um, smacked us all upside the head because we were not involved with the building and with the implementation as much as we should have. So I think retrospectively learning from those mistakes, you're right. I read a really good article that earlier this week that says doctors hate EHRs, but they love their iPhones. And it was bringing the perspective mm -hmm. in about they're both technology and talking about how we need to be moving into the future, you know, having the more, you know, friendly um, platform like iPhone or, you know, all of our um, cell phones are in healthcare and streamlining a little bit. And I, I thought it was a really positive spin on, like you said, what could be a super negative um, topic. So like my background, my dad is um, a total computer nerd. Like I learned how to code when I was five years old and he taught me how to do that. So I have always oh, had computers in my life. So 
And so I have loved it. I have loved to see the intersection of medicine and um, computers and technology just from growing up with a um, computer programmer as a father. And you're right. I think that if, if we can dabble in it more, if we can just get in the, the sandbox and play and say, okay, what if, what if technology can solve some of these problems, some of these barriers that I have as a physician, you know, I think it's amazing. Look at what they're doing right now with, um, the continuous monitors of blood sugar. You know what I mean? With the, the new little technologies that people are wearing and hopefully, you know, the pumps are going to get more streamlined and smaller. And I think that's just amazing in diabetic care too. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, these devices and monitors are going to get so quote unquote smarter. And my thing with technology is that it has to get more accessible. And you can see this as a story of our iPhone. It started out really with a car phone, right? The, the wealthy were the only ones that had access to car phones. Like if you you had knew anybody with a car phone, you knew that they were wealthy. <laughs> it was a big deal. Yeah, that was a huge deal. But then, you know, as time went on, it became more more accessible to the masses. And that's, that's the, you know, the beauty of technology is that as time goes on, then it's, you know, becomes more accessible and to the people that really need it. They need monitoring, you know, at home and outside of the, the office and hospitals to the point of health has to continue to happen while you are home. Yeah. It cannot just happen while you're in the office and in the hospital. It has to keep happening. And that's, that's great. Like, you know, with these trackables, wearables, devices, things, things of that nature can help guide people. And as, as the technology gets better and we get more data, that all of that will help and impact healthcare. I mean, I think we need to be aware that, yes, this is happening. I mean, look at the, the merger of um, Amazon, JP Morgan, and Berkshire Hathaway and what they're planning on doing. It's, it's a reality. It's happening. These companies are, are going to create a different system. And, I mean, just even get creative juices going like, wow, you know, if I were to work for, you know, a company like that, how would I create medicine and make it better for everybody? Like, that's just like, to me, that's, that's really what I'm passionate about. Like, how, how do you create a system that helps those that need it and makes it as really accessible to everybody? Yeah. And it's, it's a cool frontier that we're, we're definitely breaking into. So changing gears a little bit, has there ever been a point uh, in your practice where you felt like you lost touch with your passion? I think, you know, there's always that element that you want to tie into your, your training, you know, your education. Like, okay, I was taught to follow these algorithms. Like this person has this disease and then you kind of fall into that algorithm. But then as I, you know, the more I practice, I realize like everybody's an individual. Everybody has their unique factors and unique things that, you know, not everybody falls under these algorithms. And that really drove home to my passions of figuring out how to make things better. 
And the patients were the ones that would always ask me, like, why, why do I have these things? You know, why do I need to take this? And really, I'm like, you know what? I need to do better myself. I need to educate myself more about, about these things that you're asking about. Yeah. Instead of just throwing them on what the protocol says and yeah, mm -hmm. teaching them yeah. and also reinforcing to ourselves, like why we do what we do. Well, this yeah. has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. If our listeners want to learn more about you or hang out with you on social media, um, give us our, your handles and where we can find you at. Sure. My Twitter and Instagram handle at dr. Dr. Sam, S-A-M, Nazareth, like Jesus, N-A-Z, Zebra, A-R-E-T, Tom, H. And that's also my website, www.drsamnazareth.com. I couldn't put my whole name because it's too long <laughs> and a mouthful. So I had to shorten it up to Sam. Beautiful. Well, we'll get that all in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for coming on. And I just really, truly love your word. And I really, truly love hearing about your passion today. Pleasure, Erin. Thanks again so much, Dr. Nazareth, for coming on the podcast. Guys, I have to tell you some super exciting news. We are almost at 3,000 downloads here at Dr. Me First in three months. Now, you may not be in the podcasting lingo world. It's kind of a big deal, though. And I'm super excited that this podcast has been able to reach across the United States, and we're even global now. So thank you so much to my international listeners. I would love to keep this growing, and I need your help. One, I need guests to come on the podcast and have conversations with me. And two, I want you to seriously consider supporting this podcast by sponsoring an episode or a bunch of episodes. But here's the thing, I want my sponsorship to be different. I don't want it to be salesy and commercially and to totally change this podcast. Instead, what I would really love for the support to be is just that support. Giving a shout out to colleagues that have helped you, spreading inspiration by telling your story or telling about your business and practice. Maybe it's sharing like a silly story or joke to bring more fun in our lives. Whatever it is, I would love to make you part of this podcast. And so you can head over to my website or look in the show notes on how you can be a more active part of Dr. Me First. I would love to have you. Okay, now for the kick of encouragement. You know, we talked about passion in this episode, and I think we can go with the definition of passion that's like deeply rooted with a lot of emotion. Um, some people, you know, when they talk about passion, it's more of a sexual thing. But I'm thinking about it as a what lights you up in life? And so that would be my question and teaching point and encouragement today is when is the last something, last time you did something that just lit up your being, that just totally got you on fire? It did not feel like extreme effort or energy loss in doing that. What was it? You know, if you're not having that in your life, then it's time to take a considerable amount of thought and think back to when you did have activities or events or things that you just did in life that brought you that amount of satisfaction and joy. Because I'm telling you, those are the things that you need to lean into your life. There are so many hundreds of thousands of things that we can do that can just be energy draining, just life sucking. And that's not what it's about. It's about 
spreading who you are into the world, helping, caring for others, and doing it in a way that is not self-sacrificing, but instead encouraging and life-giving to yourself. So take some time, think about what are those activities that really feel very effortless, that you really feel light up about whenever they're on your calendar and you're getting ready to do them or just thinking about them. And I want you to try to add that into your life more often. Maybe it's just once a month. Maybe you can add it in once a week. Hey, you could be a total badass and do it every freaking day. Whatever it is, though, I want you to add a little bit more of that into your life, and I would love to hear about it. So send me an email or hang out with me on Instagram and let me know for episode 34 what it is you're doing to invigorate your passion. Thanks so much, guys. Again, I'm so excited to be hanging with you, to have you as part of the 3,000 downloads who are out there in the world listening to this. You guys are absolutely amazing, and I couldn't be doing it without you. So remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. 